Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. It's Monday, January the 18th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Hope you had a good weekend. We're going to start off today talking about universal credit because there are real fears that more people could end up in poverty if the amount that's given out is cut. You might remember at the start of the pandemic, the government increased the payment by £20 a week. However, that's due to end in April and there are concerns it'll leave some families really hard up and maybe having to rely on things like food banks. Well, Councillor Rob Yates is the Cabinet Member for Finance at Thanet District Council. That's a part of Kent that has the highest number of claimants in the county. He's been chatting to Ollie. So I think one of the misconceptions is that um, universal credits for people out of work um, whereas actually 39% of universal credit claimants are in work. So we're not just talking about Thanet residents who are out of work, but also ones um, like earning very uh, the minimum wage and struggling to get by. Um, and there's another misconception that like Thanet residents don't want to work, whereas residents I've met are aspirational and they don't want to be on universal credit. But you look around, like shops are closed. Like... There are no jobs for them to move into. So this universal credit payment is a lifeline for them. And the residents I've spoken to have said, look, we'll have to go move move to food banks if this is dropped. And obviously the state of food banks in Thanet, I've spoken to, to a couple of the food banks before, um, were prominently the Cliftonville Food Bank. Um, and, and even two or three months ago, they were talking about the fact that they were at breaking point with the number of people who are having to access. I mean, is the provision even available for more people if this, if this provision is dropped or reduced? So I think the community in Thanet especially does come together in times of crisis. And I think there will be, if, if the worst happens and unemployment continues to rise, more people on food banks, universe credit is... The drop does happen um then there will be a lot of support but they are under a huge amount of stress like uh, the statistics i've seen is compared with a year ago food bank usage is up 300 percent um i spoke to thanet foodlink uh who are one of the big uh, providers and they've said um if you're thinking of redu- if they're thinking of reducing universal credit back at this stage this will further impact the most deprived people and families um Mr. Rourke from Thanet Iceberg Project fully supports the extension of the £20 for the foreseeable future. So these are the people on the front lines, the organisations dealing um, with people in need, and they're saying this needs to be kept. So um, I do think that if the worst case situation happens and it doesn't continue, that there would be support and the community would come together, but um, 300% increase in food bank usage already like there's only so much so far you can go it's reported the chancellor wants to replace that rise of 20 pounds with a one-off payment of 500 pounds instead mps will vote on the issue in the commons later although the outcome of that vote is not binding you can head to kentonline.co.uk and scroll down to the national pages for updates on this story let's move on to news on the covid vaccine now and elderly people who were due to have a jab at head corner aerodrome today have had their appointments cancelled because supplies haven't been 
delivered in time. The site between Ashford and Maidstone was due to start giving out doses for patients in the Weald. We're told those affected will be contacted to reschedule. Doctors have also apologised but say it's beyond their control. Meantime, part of Medway is now the only area of the county not to have a vaccination centre. Of the 42 healthcare zones across Kent, who doesn't have anywhere lined up to administer the jabs? The clinical commissioning group says it's working hard to finalise services for the peninsula. Latest data suggests just over a third of people in Kent have had coronavirus since the pandemic started. Experts at the University of Kent say Folkestone and Hythe has been worse hit, with more than half potentially already having caught it. Infection rates, meantime, across the county have dropped by almost a third since lockdown three came into force. However, hospitals are still under huge pressure. And because of that, TV's Dr Range is joining increasing calls for all of us to stick to the lockdown rules. The medic who grew up in Medway posted a video on his social media last week showing him getting the vaccine. But he says it'll be a while for all of the most vulnerable to get the jab and it's crucial we play our part. I don't mean to sound alarming, but the situation really is serious. In fact, you could go as far as to describe it as being critical. Across the UK, um, we have this new variant of coronavirus that is spreading faster, 50 to 70 percent faster than the variant we had in 2020. We know that in some areas, um, up to one in 30, maybe even more than one in 30 people are infected. And one in three of those people don't actually show any symptoms. So you could be walking around and have coronavirus and pass it on to vulnerable people and they could become extremely unwell, end up in hospital and possibly even pass away from it. Whilst all that is happening, and and I'm speaking as a person who's working on the front line at the moment, from my own experience, even in my own hospital, hospitals are becoming overwhelmed. Intensive care units are filling up, even though we've expanded capacity, sometimes two to 300% of what we used to be. We are still filling up. And that means that we are unable to provide intensive care to those people that need it, who are really, really poorly. But it's having a knock on effect on all the other services we are able to provide as well. And this is why myself and all of my colleagues across the front line are urging all members of the public, please, if you can, follow the rules to the best of your ability. Protect yourselves, protect each other. Let's reduce that pressure on the NHS. And this is the only way we are going to get out of this lockdown and out of this pandemic. I think we need to remember that things were bad in wave one. Things in wave two are so much worse. The numbers of people that are affected are so much greater. We are seeing more and more sick people coming into hospital requiring intensive care. In wave one, we saw a lot of very, very elderly people, particularly over 80s. This time round, we are seeing more and more younger people, so between the age of 40 and 65. And that just goes to show that actually this virus can affect anyone. And a lot of those people, it has taken them by surprise. Fortunately, we're not seeing huge numbers of children coming through our doors, which um, is really reassuring. But Children can still get it. Children can still pass it around. A small proportion will become poorly. But fortunately, those numbers are low. But everybody else still 
has to take care, still has to follow the guidance. I'm hugely grateful and I feel so lucky to have had the vaccine. I've had one dose and I got it through work because we have a vaccination program um, that runs from the hospital that I'm working in. We're vaccinated people according to the clinical priority list and frontline healthcare professionals like myself are part of that list. Um, other than having a bit of a sore arm for about 24 hours and feeling a little bit groggy, which is expected after a vaccine, um, I feel fantastic. I feel very fortunate. And I'm really, really reassured that at least I've got some sort of protection so far. And I would urge anybody, everybody out there, if you are eligible for the vaccine, if you are offered an appointment, please, please take it up, especially if you are from a minority ethnic community or a black community, because we know we're at greater risk and it's even more important for us to have it. And in tomorrow's podcast, we'll be hearing from a Kent GP on the challenges of delivering the COVID vaccine. Kent Online News. Eurostar is apparently on the brink of collapse and it's feared it could lead to increased rail fares for some Kent passengers. As a warning, the high-speed train company, which runs through Ashford and Ebbsfleet, could fold as early as April because of the coronavirus pandemic. The firm pays each time to use the line, so other ticket prices might have to rise to make up for lost funds. A Dartford woman who put on weight during the first lockdown believes being able to shed the pounds helped her fight COVID. Claire Evans gained around a stone but had managed to lose most of it before catching the virus in December. You might recall last summer the government actually launched a campaign to encourage people who were overweight to slim down to reduce their chances of needing hospital treatment if they got coronavirus. Well, Claire has been telling us her story. Working like we do on Zoom, you're not wearing your normal work clothes. And I think it took for me uh, around about October, we had to get dressed up for something at work on Zoom. And I went to put my clothes on and I hadn't stepped on the scales. And when I did, it was like, this isn't good. And I'd put on just over a stone, which when you're five foot three, Oliver, I was really, I could, I'd started to feel it. I couldn't breathe as well. I was, I was getting worn out going up and down the stairs. And, and if I'm honest, um, the thought of the next lockdown, which we'd then been given, which was November, I sort of approached it two ways in my head. And I just thought, right, this is either going to continue to get worse or I need to do something about it. And I know you might laugh and think, Claire, you work for a weight loss organisation. That doesn't mean to say that, that, there's a magic pill that I take, which means that I can do it. And I did contract COVID at the start of December. Um, I shook it off fairly quickly. And I absolutely believe it was because I was in the right mindset. The foods I were eating, I was eating was good. It was slimming world. It was, you know, packed full of fiber, fruit. Um, I worry how long it might have took me to shake off if I was still drinking alcohol, not eating great food, you know, all of those sorts of things. Now, with children taking part in online lessons from home, the Kent Online podcast has been told how healthy eating is more important than ever. This week is Sugar Awareness Week and parents are being encouraged to make sure kids aren't eating too much of it while they learn from home. Julie Clark is a nutritional therapist who's based in Whitstable. She's been chatting to Lucy. With children... I find one of the most important ways that we can help is to make sure that the breakfast is not loaded with sugar because children's breakfasts are generally full of sugar. They like cereals, they like things like jam on toast. But studies have shown that children will engage and learn better if they've had protein for breakfast. So having an egg, for example, 
can help, especially in the morning, can help engage their learning and improve their concentration, which is really key when you've got children at home trying to homeschool. And I suppose things like cereals and, and some yogurt or, or juice drinks sometimes contain a lot more sugar than you would think, don't they? Yeah, they do. There's a lot of hidden sugars in all kinds of things. Um, even crisps, even savoury foods will have sugar in, pasta sauces. So when we're looking at um, convenience as well, because a lot of us parents are having to work from home and manage the homeschooling situation, we need to do something that's quick. And if we turn to too much convenience, then it's very easy to get a lot of sugar into the diet without necessarily realising. But yeah, you're right. Cereals, cereals are notoriously high in sugar. So it's important to, to check the to check the food labels and how important is it to avoid falling into sort of bad habits and bad routines when obviously as you say parents are very busy themselves and they've got the children who they're trying to do lessons with um and that if they're sort of nagging for a snack or something it sort of must be very difficult to say no <laughs> yeah it's so difficult to say no but you've got to set the expectation for them so you know, we, we t in our house, so I've got a nine-year-old and 11-year-old, and in the morning at breakfast, we plan out the day. So we say, right, what lessons have you got? We'll have a break at this time, and then I'll just have um, the healthy snack options available. We schedule in our lunch. And I tell you what, I need to be really planned and prepared. So batch cooking, freezer meals, soups, all those things that I can do on the weekend and have ready in the fridge is like a lifesaver at the moment. Kent Online reports. A coroner has rejected claims a mum who killed her twin toddlers in Margate had been failed by mental health teams. Lawyers for Samantha Ford, who's serving 10 years for drowning Jake and Chloe at their home on Boxing Day in 2018, argued it could have been prevented if she'd got more support. At an inquest, a coroner has ruled unlawful killing for both children. Their father, Stephen Ford, says he can finally grieve in peace. There are calls for tougher speed restrictions in a part of Dartford after a puppy was run over and killed. The 18-month-old rescue dog called Rory was hit by a car said to be going too fast in Powell Avenue. It's believed the vehicle was involved in suspicious activities after it failed to stop when it hit the dog, something which must be reported by law. Teenagers are being warned not to trespass in abandoned homes in Ashford after young people were spotted clambering on one of the roofs. The Albert Villas in Chart Road have been deteriorating for years with crumbling brickwork and smashed windows. The town's Neighbourhood Watch coordinator says the properties are dangerous and people entering them could get seriously injured. A car has crashed into a Kemp pub for the second time in six months. Repairs were only just being finished to the Swan Inn in Littlechurch after it was damaged last July, only for the same thing to happen again. You can see pictures at Kent Online. Staff there say they could be the unluckiest pub in Kent. They've also said that more needs to be done to warn drivers about the dangers of the road. Today is apparently the most depressing day of the year. It's also known as Blue Monday. You might have heard of it before because it's a time in January where most of us are a bit short of money. The weather's pretty gloomy and this year we've got lockdown 
to contend with too. Well, we're being urged to check in with friends and family to make sure they're okay. The Samaritans reckon we could turn it into Brew Monday instead by having a virtual cup of tea and a catch-up. And you can head to Kent Online to read about reasons to be happy while living in the county. And finally, a singer who's been working with the likes of CeeLo Green in America has been speaking to the Kent Online podcast about returning to her hometown in Kent to film her new video. Rudy Edwards left Dover for the London Brit School when she was just 16. She also left behind her first love. At 30, she's been back to record Young, which tells that story. I've never really had like that, that love that I had when I was 16. So my first love the song is for sure about about him and I think I always it was always that little niggly thing where it was like did I make the right choice moving to London leaving that first love like I think it's always kind of like been there in the background and I hadn't written a song about it and I think writing young it made me look back at Dover and it also made me look back at him so it was kind of like my little song for him as well it was quite nerve-wracking because I was like I wonder if he'll hear it and be like that's about me or maybe I was like, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure he probably would know, but it is always very cringe when you feel like maybe they've moved on, maybe they're married with kids and then you've written this song and you're like, oh, like, but I had to do it. I had to, you've got to express yourself. You've got to be honest. And I think I really wanted to be honest with this song. So I had to go for it. Writing young and, and shooting it in Dover was kind of like my little thank you to Dover because I I'd felt like I'd kind of just not discarded Dover, but I was like, oh, I'm on to bigger and better things. And I think it took me a long time to realize that it, it's so important how you start your journey. It, it really is. And I think it kind of defines you as an artist, like, you know, finding yourself when you're that young. I always felt like it was like that safe place that was always gonna stay the same. Like with the pandemic and everything, you kind of think you can't take anything for granted and you can't take those memories for granted because you know, we didn't know how good we had it back then. We didn't know that this was around the corner, you know. Kent Online Sport. Cricket and England have beaten Sri Lanka by seven wickets in the first test to go 1-0 up in the two-match series. Chasing just 74 to win, they reached the victory target and finished on 76 for three. Kent's Zach Crawley had a bit of a disappointing match, though. He only managed to score 17 runs across both innings. The second and final test starts on Friday. And in football, it was much better news for Gillingham at the weekend as they ended a run of three straight defeats. They beat Accrington Stanley 1-0 away Away from home. That result moved the Jills up to 12th in League One. Manager Steve Evans spoke to us after the game. I think that's the strongest side we've had out since, since, since the season started. You only had to look at our bench. That's, I've always said if you look at the bench, you know, our bench was strong today. We've got a young man that we run from Southampton and we've got Big John and we've got Matty and, you know, we, we've got Shirt on there. We've, we've got good players on the bench and that's always a sign that, you know, you've got good players on the pitch. And I think to a man they give us everything and that's the minimum we asked them for. And if we work as hard as that, we, we'll win games, but it was a quality of football, particularly in the first hour. Maybe not so the pitch didn't wasn't conducive later on when it was churned up, but particularly in the first hour was was outstanding. And Gillingham travelled to Lincoln City tomorrow night. Well that's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. You can also subscribe to the IM News app, don't forget. That will give you access to all of KM Group's newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.